And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is week seven ranks, and we are back a day late. And it's my fault. It's completely my fault because, well, I mean, it's well, my fault, but my internet completely crashed, Brandon, as we were trying to. We, we had chaos yesterday. This is how much we loved you guys. I attempted to do the show by creating a mobile hotspot on my phone to power my computer, but then I called Brandon and everything fell apart. Every single thing fell apart. Well, this so. is your op- this is your opportunity to throw your cable company under the bus. I mean, it, it is nice to have an outlet, a a public outlet where you can, you know, do that at occasion. Believe me, there's been times when I've felt the need to throw my cable provider under the bus, but yep, sometimes, you know, things happen like this and you just got to Pretty, pretty fun when Cox Communications in Arizona likes to break down before I wake up. No big deal. Here's the downside. The downside is we lost Mr. Jake Seeley. Not permanently, just for the day, because Jake had other commitments, couldn't make this, so I apologize. Here's the upside, and I'm going to give you a two. This is a two for one, so you guys choose. The two for one is the day late is going to have us talk about the greatest trade in NFL history of the greatest player in NFL history to the greatest team in NFL history, or just a really awesome trade. I'm a 49er fan, so I'm a little bit excited. The other part of the two for one is we are going to be joined by my cohort, Mr. Scott Bogman, who is uh, joining uh, me and Brandon here on the athletic fantasy football. Hi, Mr. Scott Bogman. Would you please tell everybody where they can find you and a little bit about yourself? Oh, yes. You can find me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports, or you can find me on my Patreon that I do with the Welsh, of course, in this league.com. We'll take you there. Patreon.com slash ITL Army. We'll take you there as well, where we are also talking fantasy football a lot throughout the week. We also have Bet This League where we talk about betting and all kinds of football stuff for you over there. So please check that out if you would. And thank you for having me, gentlemen. I know I'm not Jake, but I'm going to do my best Jake impression. Are you guys ready? Hey. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was so. literally about to say, Mike, so. you got to tone it down a little bit. Yeah. You really, hey, Jake, how are you doing today? You go, fine. Yeah, go, fine. I'm all right. Let's go. Yeah. Come on. Well, there's a hundred percent chance he won't listen to this one. So we can have fun. (laughs) I'll text him. I'll tell him he's got to at least listen to the first three minutes. So exactly. We could all throughout the show, we could just do our own impressions. All right. Let's wait. You know, let's do it real quick. All I'm going to start. Here's my impression of Jake. Yeah. Hey. All right, Brandon Ears. (laughs) That was a really good one. Bogman, Bogman, do you want to do one more? Do one more. So it's like a younger Belichick. It's it's very Belichicky. <laughs> very very Belichick. But then when Jake gets going, he's like super energy, and uh, that's what I love about it. he. I mean, Jake knows, is a roller coaster. We we met Jake when we were on Sports Grid uh, live, and that I first started doing stuff with him. And I told Welsh because I hosted like five shows in a row with him. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Jake hates me. I don't think he likes yeah. me at all. And then I told uh, Joe that, and Joe was like. 
that's just that's just his attitude pre-show. Yeah, uh, yeah. uh, you, you talk to him after the show. He's great. All that stuff. And he is. He's awesome. We love. Well, him. Jake is also the greatest. I mean, he's the yeah. guy that suggested me to come on here. And Jake has uh, slept at Bogman's house and we all went to Royal Rumble together. So, we, <laughs> yeah, that's we true. are great friends. So it is a loving Raz. <laughs> we had gelato. Jake. Yeah. But let's stop talking about him because there's way better things to talk about because the extra benefit that we got from not having the show on Thursday is probably one of the biggest trades as far as a player goes in season that I can recall. If you guys can name me one of a bigger named player and fantasy also probably skews it a little bit in our minds, but you know, give me another big player in season that's been traded. Christian McCaffrey officially traded to the San Francisco 49ers in a trade that I'm not going to tout too much here, but I pretty much called a weeks ago on our in this league fantasy football podcast. I've been talking about where everyone's like, well, hey, they want multiple first round picks. And I was just like, hey, listen, at the end of the day, the aggressive team that's willing to uh, throw out multiple can still get it done. The 49ers traded their third or their second, third and fourth this year. And another pick, I think it was a fourth or fifth the following year to acquire Christian McCaffrey. 49ers had multiple compensatory picks, which were for the third round. So everyone's like, oh, my God, the 49ers aren't drafting. They are, but they mortgaged the future for Christian McCaffrey to come home to Stanford uh, from Stanford, where he used to go to college, and he's going to come over to the Bay Area. His father used to play uh, for the San Francisco 49ers, Ed McCaffrey. And Christian McCaffrey goes in to um, a situation that is going to be very run-heavy and much better. So, Brandon, I want to get your take on McCaffrey as a 49er because I had said this to Bogman off-air. I view 15 to 20 touches for McCaffrey is equal or better to 25 to 30 Carolina McCaffrey touches. And people are making a big deal about uh, less of a workload potentially with McCaffrey in San Francisco, but I think 25% off is no big deal in a Shanahan 49er offense with all of those weapons. But what say you about his value? Yeah, and if you get the same value with less touches, but also get him to play the rest of the season because he doesn't take the you know the beating that he would with that, then that's a win-win all around. Uh, I, I You know... I want to talk about why the 49ers did this really quickly. I honestly think you're six weeks into the season and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Matt Stafford are all sitting at 500 or less, or I think they're all 500. Like, I don't know if San Francisco goes into the season making this deal. I think they're looking at this as like, okay, maybe this, this year isn't our window for the Super Bowl. but suddenly the NFC looks very gettable. And if That's you can a great add, point, you can add Christian McCaffrey and go for it right now. Look at, we went to the NFC Championship game with Elijah Mitchell and, and uh, you know, the guys that we had last year. I'm trying to remember. Jeff Wilson. Uh, yeah, it was like the same guys. Where he most was, was still around. Mostert I know the there, injury yeah. was there. Yeah. But we're basically the same team, but we're better with Christian McCaffrey. And everybody else around us has got worse except for the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, go for it. Yeah, my, might as well. And so I think that made a lot of sense. I think it hurts Debo Samuel. Like, I mean, I don't think we can get away from that. Like yep. Debo as a peer receiver, like he's still great, but you know, am I going to be ranking him top six, top seven at wide receiver every week? I don't see it happening, but I, I you know, I think this is a win-win for Christian McCaffrey. Absolutely. And for the 49ers. Bogman, uh, one of the things we found out, a lot of people are going to be curious about this this week. I actually have Jake's ranks up, which I always highly suggest and definitely keep your guys self bookmarked because Jake is going to have a rank update before everything gets down. I don't quite think as we're recording this there, even though his name plate is changed, I don't know if he views McCaffrey where 
really truly is because yeah yeah because he hasn't ranked at three right now as we're recording this i think that'll change once uh he gets time to sit down on it and probably automatically change the names but my whole point of this is mccaffrey is scheduled and planned to play this weekend the team he's uh, flown out right now he should be meeting with the team he's going to work on some early package stuff (laughs) it's not expected to be a big thing but the conversation is is that he will be a primarily built around goal line and red zone packages here. So if the 49ers against the Chiefs this weekend get into a goal line situation, you may only get 10 touches out of McCaffrey, but he's probably going to be the primary goal line and red zone back this weekend. What is your take on his value this weekend? Well, it's funny, right? Because, okay, so who do you put him over really uh if we're moving him down like how far down can we possibly move him would you rather start him over like ken walker just because he's more likely to score a couple te- uh touchdowns we rather start him over damian pierce maybe or Najee, who's been bad like um so this week is particularly interesting to see where you'd go with him but he can't be below an rb2 i don't care like if they're saying that he's going to be involved in the game plan and specifically they've already mentioned goal line carries He's got to at least be an RB2, even if he's only going to get 10, uh, 10 to 15 snaps in this game. So I'm still in on him. I'm still starting him. If they say he's going to roll, I'm going to roll him. Okay, so here's a scenario I'm going to give to you guys real quick, and then we'll talk about the Carolina side. And then we'll actually talk a little bit about Thursday Night Football before we get to our ranks, which we're going to talk about our ranks for Week 7. Um, let's say you have this trio, and you can only start two. You have got Christian McCaffrey, obviously. You have Brees mm-hmm. Hall. And you have Ramondre Stevenson. Brandon, let's start with you. Brees Hall, Ramondre Stevenson, and Christian McCaffrey. You can only start two half-point PPR this weekend, knowing that McCaffrey is going to be in some version limited. I say knowing. We also don't know. We really don't know the extent of what it is. So he's a big mystery. It could be very little touches. It could be way more than we think. Against This is a huge game against Kansas City. Brees Hall, Ramondre Stevenson, Christian McCaffrey start two this weekend. Well, Damon, Damon Harris was full practice, so... We have to assume that that's a split again. Um, David Harris is well-liked by Bill Belichick, and if he's healthy, he's playing. And the Ramondre Stevenson RB1 days, I think, are done until David Harris is out again. So I don't. I, I honestly, in my mind, feel like if Christian McCaffrey's playing, they're going to have a hard time limiting him. He's the most expensive running back in the league. You you traded for him for what he can bring to the field. The plays that he knows, run them because. That's, I mean, that's just, it's just such an upgrade over what they have right now that you'll take it against one of the best teams in the league. You want to use Christian McCaffrey for these kind of moments. So 10 to 15 snaps, I think it's going to be 20 to 30. Like, I think he's out there and I think he's going to get double digit touches. So I'm playing him over Ramondre if Damian Harris is good to go. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Okay, so Boggs, I'm going to give you a different scenario. I'm going to give you Joe Mixon, Ken Walker, and Christian McCaffrey. I know you give me Joe Mixon. Of course uh, I would. Because you hate Joe Mixon. Uh, but now I start mixing over him, but I start him over Walker. I think, you know, that's um, like Brandon said, in the more you think about this, the more you drill down on it, right? It's you just traded your two, your three, your four and a fifth for this guy. You're really not going to put him in, in the first game. What? Because he's just getting there. He's going to get all these carries for Carolina. Anyway, it's stupid. He's definitely going to play. So let's roll him over Ken Walker in that scenario. I honestly think, though, if you're talking three running backs, that's two running back spots and a flex. I think you got to get should to be. The, yeah, you got to get to the point where you're talking Kareem Hunt, Tony Pollard and the other guys that are normally in your flex. See, but that's not even a question. Right, Brandon? Like, right, he's still got to be an RB, too. I think that's why I was cheating. You know, I think a more realistic thing is David Montgomery or Christian McCaffrey. You start to get sure. in that range and then it's like. Do you I'm want still, you want I'm to going, start the bear against the Patriots or the or the new Niner? Uh, give me the yeah, new Niner. Yeah. And that was kind of my point is I I recognize that and like I don't think there's a big question. I will take, you know, eight carries and three or four pass attempts of Christian McCaffrey against Kansas City this weekend and the theoretical potential of the back end for them to just say, hey, screw it, McCaffrey, you're pretty aware how to pass block and you're pretty aware how to go out on screen passes that he could get a little bit more. I don't think it's a question if you're like, hey. Tony Pollard or Christian McCaffrey, uh, even being limited cream. I just don't think it's questioned. So that's why it's pitting a couple of those, like, well, you know, three first, but you're right. Most people are going to have a flex. Let me ask you though, uh, since you are, and I, I know the Niners pretty well, but like, do you think the fact that running backs haven't caught a lot of balls in that offense is indicative of the offense or indicative of the personnel? Oh, I think it's actually a little bit of both. I don't think the quarter, either of the quarterbacks are super comfortable with it. Trey Lance had one of the worst pass efficiencies behind the line of scrimmage and Jimmy Garoppolo's wasn't a whole lot better. He's not more, he's not much of a screen pass guy. He's uh, or behind the line of scrimmage. He's just more of a five and 10 yard out. But I also think it's about the personnel. They tended to throw a little bit more to Raheem Mostert back in the day when he was there. He was a better pass catcher. Eli Mitchell's got a good efficiency, but I don't think he was built for that guy. I uh, I mean, Debo is kind of that player. Like Their version of the pass to the running back was Debo coming back four yards and throwing a screen pass to him. So I think it opens up a playbook. I think it opens up the potential for them. I'm open to the possibility that the 10 catch Christian McCaffrey days might be done. And I really hope it's not. And that's why the people that make the argument that his fantasy value could be hit 
have they have an argument in this. But you know, the 49ers offense has so many weapons. I was telling this to Bogman. We did an emergency podcast for in this league because of Niners and McCaffrey. Just think about the possibilities of McCaffrey in the backfield, Debo lining up at wideout, and then them swapping or putting them back into the what, – what does a defense do when you have George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and then you put Debo and Christian McCaffrey in the backfield? Defenses are going to be swirling, and they're going to have to pick and choose somebody. And I think it just opens up the possibility of play action to Debo Samuel because they're focusing on Christian McCaffrey – and then Christian McCaffrey comes out with passes. We'll have to be seen. I think it's a little bit about the quarterback, which I'm worried about. And I think it's a lot more about the personnel. Brandon, which help Christian McCaffrey. Can, can you just hear the happiness? In the <laughs> I know. Today? I know. Isn't it's it gross. disgusting? It is. It's so I terrible. I apologize. All right. Well, let's bring it back down and let's actually talk about the running backs <laughs> that are left in Carolina. And Bogman, I'll start with you. Dante Foreman, Chuba Hubbard. What is the fantasy value outlook? Are we talking low, low in RB2s? Do you think there's a flex option there? I mean, I don't really know if there is a startable Carolina Panther in general anymore, but his name is probably Deontay Foreman if there is. Yeah, uh, low RB3s uh, for these guys because I think what you're going to see now is probably a true split if you have to pick one. Like if it goes 65-35, I'd say more towards Foreman, obviously because he's more of your between the tackles, get the short yards kind of stuff, the dirty work type of RB So uh, versus Chuba Hubbard. So, um, you know, I expect neither one of these guys to be starting for this team next year. So if they do get a hot hand, they'll probably ride it right into the dirt. So that's nice for that reason. I'd be picking up, you know, maybe taking a swing on either one of these dudes, but um, it's going to be ugly. They got nothing there. They're already the lowest in like EPA and, uh, you know, um, yards per attempt on everything. It's just disgusting in Carolina right now. And like I said, you know, like, like you said, DJ Moore is probably the only guy that you can start and he's been bad. But now with McCaffrey gone, how does DJ Moore not get 20 targets a game? Right. And they're going to be losing the whole game every game. So DJ Moore's value should tick up a decent amount here. Fingers crossed. Brandon, who would you rather start this weekend? Deontay Foreman or Tyler Algier? Uh, I think I'd rather start Tyler Algier. I just, yeah, I, I, I look at Deontay Foreman, Chuba Hubbard, kind of like we looked at Texans backs, you know, before <laughs> Damian Pierce. Like, Mar yeah, yeah. Splitting up the time in a really bad offense that may be a lot of three and outs. And Rex like Burkhead and Marlon Mack. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Throw Mark Ingram and a sunsetting David Johnson in there. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. So I just like I I tweeted out to a bunch or I sent a text out to a bunch of my friends that play in the leagues about the deal. Just like saying, hey, did you guys see this? Not even thinking about, oh, I guess there's some available running backs in Carolina that I, I should go look at. But honestly, I was looking at my teams. I don't know that I even care. Like, I'm like. <laughs> Go ahead and have Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard in 12 team leagues. I'm covered at running back. Finding viable, you know, depth at wide receiver is a lot harder than running back right now. And so, like, Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard back in RB3s, I can live without them. I'm not in dire straits for that. I didn't even bother trying to go look because I knew he'd be, we played a lot of 16 team leagues. They'd be picked up, but I'm also not too crazy worried about it. You know, I brought the question up. I don't remember if it was uh, the last episode or last week with the McCaffrey stuff and Jake was like, I don't care. I don't care. But the one thing I said, and, and he, we all agreed with was like this situation. And this was what would happen if McCaffrey was traded would be like when Saquon Barkley went out and everyone's like, Oh my God, do I got to get Wayne Gallman? And it's like, no, you know, this is <laughs> maybe you're going to get a game out of Foreman. Maybe you get two, but are you going to get high end production? Probably not with Baker or Sam Darnold or whoever well, you got out of Booker out there. 
last year. You know, that's kind of similar. Maybe you get that out of Foreman, yeah. but that's it's up in the air. I, I one thing I will watch for, and I, I think people should maybe pay attention to, is if Chuba Hubbard, if you play in full PPR, if Chuba Hubbard takes a little bit over that role that Christian McCaffrey has, and what if we start seeing five, six, seven catch games because they can't throw the ball downfield? Who the hell do they have there anymore? That I would be open to the possibility that maybe Chuba could be like that Naheem Hines type of guy in a bad offense, but maybe he's just pulling down seven catches a game. It's probably not great points, but maybe you're in a full PPR. You might be getting 10. He could just win the job too. He could just win the starting job. That's definitely within the realm of possibility. So like if you have a dead guy at the end of your bench or something, that's what I'm saying. Like maybe try to pick up one of them. I think Foreman first, but Chuba could easily be the guy there. Foreman is not a world beater by any stretch of the imagination. All right, so it's uh, you know Christian McGavry. It's an amazing yeah, thing. I'm amazing yeah. that I called it. We can move on from that. It's a, it's a crazy thing. <laughs> we did get some Thursday night football, which is a new thing for us because we record these before <laughs> Thursday, and we get to actually kind of react to it. Brandon, one of the big positives out of this game was there was literally no um, rust, if you will, on DeAndre Hopkins as DeAndre Hopkins came back from suspension, got 14 targets from Kyler Murray. I got to personally tell you, I had a bet on Rondell Moore. I thought he would be a little bit slowed. I thought Rondell Moore was going to get peppered with targets. He got that first ball for 31 yards, and I was like, here we go with my prop. And then he didn't catch another ball because Kyler Murray looked his way every single snap. I mean, he was the first target on every single one of those. He had 14, or at least the first look, 14 targets. He got 10 balls for 103 yards. What do you think DeAndre Hopkins is going to be for you moving forward? Does he go back into that low end wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two range, right, right around like the Michael Pittman's and the Mike Williams, or do you think he's even higher? I think it's higher than Mike Williams. Um, I think he's on par with Michael Pittman. I will probably, I mean, I like I like DeAndre Hopkins better than than Michael Pittman, but I, that's no slight to Michael Pittman. I did tell you yesterday when we couldn't do the show, I was like. DeAndre Hopkins was my wide receiver that I like more than everybody else. When we do that little segment, I can, he was my guy. And I was like, I did not think that he would be slow out of the gate. And he absolutely was not. He was a stud. So I ranked him, I think 11th or 12th this week. And his ECR was 19. Um, But yeah, I think I'm going to be ranking him as a back end wide receiver one most weeks. I, you know, the fact that he didn't have 100 yards and all of his value was pretty much tied to touchdowns last year, it's going to be in the back of my mind. But then I watch what he just did, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he's he's still got all the things that I love about DeAndre Hopkins. And with no Hollywood Brown there, you know, the double-digit t- uh, targets is going to be a thing every week. Like, you just, know, what's, is. what's funny about it is I think on a week-in and week-out basis – DeAndre Hopkins versus Jalen Waddle might be a really close battle that we're all dealing with every week. And it's funny uh, because, again, I do want to give Brandon credit. He 100% said that he and wrote it down that he likes Hopkins more than others. That would have been the case with Bogman because, Bogman, you were pretty critical about the return on what he would be in all this missed time. So you had to be pretty impressed with uh, just how he looked and how the offense treated him on his first game back. Absolutely. I mean, I'll take the L on that because my whole question with Hopkins coming in was, well, he had to do steroids to get healthy. That's the whole point (laughs) of doing the steroids, right? So like, is he rusty? Is he old? Like, is that what we're seeing? Or are we going to see, hey, you know, uh, he was just really trying to get back for week one and that was in question and he kind of screwed himself in that scenario. But it's also the perfect storm for him coming back. Like James Conner was down. And James Conner hasn't looked right the whole year. But James Conner was down. 
Marquise Brown is down. You're trying to work in a new wide receiver. AJ Green's still gimpy and terrible. Like, you know, so well, and Saints starting corners, including Marshawn Latimer, are out. There you go it, on court rest too the Thursday night game. So, and this guy's been rested. He, he's probably the healthiest one out of anyone on the field because everybody else just played a game four days ago. So uh, not for other out, obvious reasons, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, so he looked outstanding. So um, yeah, definitely going to be like a, you know, low end wide receiver one high end wide receiver two in that range uh, for at least a little bit. I, my only fear with Hopkins moving forward uh, is probably re-injury just because he's a little long in the tooth um, and he did, he did the juice to get back. That's probably the only thing that you're looking negatively on him. And the only rust I saw at all was people uh, not remembering how to spell his name on their signs. Uh, Cardinal fans. <laughs> I highly encourage everybody to, to tweet at Bogman and ev- on a weekly basis and ask Deontay Johnson or DeAndre Hopkins on a weekend and week up basis and see where he, what he says. What would you, you say? Know, uh, you know, you asked me to be here Welsh. A lot more <laughs> listeners here than there is it in this league. So I'm just yeah, saying, don't feel free to tweet Bogman every single week, Deontay or DeAndre Hopkins. Appreciate that. Just other little notes. We don't have to talk about it. Uh, you know, Benjamin had the game we thought we were going to have last week. He looked explosive. He just looked better. Uh, 12 carry, only 12 carries, 92 yards. He had a touchdown, caught four for 21. He looked good. And Chris Olave, I cannot get over Chris Olave and just how dynamic he is in that offense. I wish Mike Thomas and Jarvis Andrew would never come back. 14 targets, caught seven for 106. He's just a big play target. I don't know. I mean, I really think there's a easy discussion on a week in a week out basis that he could be a top 15 wide receiver. Um, and it's, I mean, Chris Olave or DeAndre Hopkins would have been a fun question if Hopkins was a little bit less targeted. But at this point, you'd take Hopkins. But I don't think Olave is that far back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk about, though, our week seven ranks. And I left it on the sheet still saying week six. Bogman, (laughs) uh, I walked you through how we kind of do this. We're going to have starts. We're going to have darts, except for the very first one, we do quarterbacks that we like more than anyone else. But we're going to start with Brandon. Brandon, the quarterback that you like more than anyone else, you get that, except I am with you on your player because I absolutely love your call. You and I are uh, step in on both of these. Your quarterback that you like or that we like more than anybody else. Uh, Yeah, Tua. And it's not that I'm just like on the soapbox for Tua. It's just that I looked at my rankings and I saw that I was higher than the consensus on Tua. Like you're at home. You're facing a Steelers secondary that's been torched. You have Jalen Waddle. You have Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill is going nuts in this game. I don't know like he does every week, I guess, but 
83 um, and a half yard receiving prop, by the way, just putting yeah, out there over which on is, DK. You right don't now. see that very, you know, most receivers are not in the eighties, you know, even the good ones, they're often in the seventies. So when you get an 83 yarder, it's, you know, Cooper, that's Cooper cup territory in a way. Yep. So, um, yeah. And you know, look at two us, they, they gave him the extra week. They said he could have probably played last week. Michael Salfino says this all the time. Yes. When you get concussions, you're more susceptible to more, but you're not limited when you go out there initially. You have to, you know, you have to take another hard hit. And there is that worry. But, you know, guys come back from concussions all the time. Like, I don't think we factor that into what when we rank it. We shouldn't. Like, he's, you know, we expect him to play a bunch of games the rest of the year. So I just like the setup. Um, and listen, uh, you know, there's five quarterbacks. We talked about this. There's like five quarterbacks. Everybody else is almost the same. You stream them based upon the setup and the matchups and the guys they have around them that, for the upside. I just think Tua has as much upside as like everybody outside of like six quarterbacks this week. I agree with you. And, you know, obviously you got some pieces back for the uh, Bogman's a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. You get some pieces back for the Steelers defense, but, you know, Tua back with both of those guys. Pittsburgh has been way more susceptible, regardless of the pieces that come back in the secondary. And Waddle and Tyreek Hill is just a fantastic matchup here. Bogman, a quarterback in week seven that you like more than anyone else. Uh, I think it's Matt Ryan. And I haven't been the biggest Matt Ryan fan this year because he's looked like garbage up until last week. But uh, we just saw him throw a ton of passes. You know, when you finally took the all of the running backs away from him, when uh, Taylor and Hines and then Deion Jackson got hurt in that game too, and he threw the ball a thousand times or whatever. I think it was the the most completions for a Colts quarterback and Peyton Manning played there for a million years. So uh, that was just surprising. He really opened it up and he's got good weapons in Pittman and Pierce is really coming on right now. They're playing a bad Tennessee secondary. I know Tennessee's rested up. They're coming off a bye week had a couple extra weeks to prep for this game. I understand that. Uh, But I just think that they've maybe unlocked something here with this offense and even coming off of a bye week, Tennessee secondary, uh, the corners really are bad. So I think that we could see a nice game from Pittman, could see a nice game from Pierce here as well. So um, I I like Matt Ryan a little bit. I have him as a borderline QB1. I have him as a QB2. I think I got him at 14, but uh, I'm higher on him than most people are. Uh, Brendan and I, I think Jake, we've all kind of been talking about Alec Pierce. His uh, receiving yard prop is one of my favorites of the weekend. We do a, a betting uh, episode on our In This League Fantasy Football on our podcast feed. And one of my top five props, I just, I'm all in on Alec Pierce, especially on that. I think it's like 43 and a half receiving Oh, I was just going to say so. 44 and a half. If it's in, yeah. the low, <laughs> in the lower 40s, it's a great number. Yeah, it's just a good number, and uh, I've jumped on. It's one of the few that I've jumped on early, so Alec Pierce, if you want to get those. All right, so those are some quarterbacks. Let's move to running backs, and now we're going to start, and we're going to dart it. Week seven, so your starts are theoretically the running back that you like more than anyone else, and then a dart throw at running back. Brennan, we'll start with you. Your start and dart for week seven RBs. Yeah, well, it's kind of funny because I'll just, you know, Jake filled this out, and he's not with us, but he had Kenyon Drake as his start. And I was like, you know what? I'm putting Kenyon Drake as my dart because he was ECR 35, and I was in the I was inside the top 30 on him. So I was like, look, if you're if you're the very back end RB three in a bye week, that's a dart, you know. Like now, I have I suspect that I haven't checked it. I suspect when J.K. Dobbins didn't practice yet again, that he's moved up, and he's probably moved up for every week. I haven't done any changes to my thing, so he's still my dart, even though he may not qualify as much. And then my start was Tony Pollard who was actually higher 
on on the ECR. I think he was 29 and I had him at 25. But you know, I love the I love the matchup against the Detroit Lions. A lot of people are are pegging Ezekiel Elliott for having his big game of the year. But look at it, it's a uh, you know it's the Detroit Lions defense raises all boats, right? It's like the right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, it's t- so Tony Pollard gets in that love as well. Dak Prescott's back. I, I think this offense, as much as Cooper Rush can give him credit for filling in admirably, I think this offense just the ceiling goes up with Dak out there. So, and I I thought Kenyon Drake, you know, as my dart. Play. I look at. I, I don't think you should have hesitation for playing if J.K. Dobbins isn't playing. I thought he looked good. He looked spry in a weird way. I thought it just kind of, you know, the eye test was great for him last week. We'll see how a different matchup goes and how teams, you know, if they come in prepared for him a little bit more. But like I expect him to get a dozen plus touches, and that'll work in a bye week like this. On the Drake front too, you know, it it seemed different than when Latavius. Remember when Latavius Murray was. Um, taking over for Tyson Williams. Like that was different. Like Kenny Drake does look spry. He looks like a good running back where like, do you think just at like all there's some kind of psychological thing going on with like the number 17 or something like that? The fact that he's wearing like a wide receiver <laughs> number makes a little bit of like a psychological Listen, difference. Reggie Bush could have probably extended his career if he just had number five. We could have had him <laughs> exactly. for five more years if he just would have got his number. Yeah, uh, you, let me ask you, you real think quick, the Brandon. Welsh likes uh, Brees Hall. You should have heard him talk about Reggie Bush back in the day. Oh, oh Reggie. I mean, USC. I loved Reggie. I did. I did, really did love Reggie. Uh, do you have Tony Pollard, Brandon, over Ezekiel Elliott this week? I don't, but I have okay. him. I have because I have Zeke inside the top 20 and I have Pollard right at that back end RB2 mid 20s okay i was just curious uh bogman same thing so your week seven start the running back you like more than anybody else and your dart throw at uh rb well look out of respect plus also i agree i left drake in there for the start for jake because i was filling in the sheet behind him so i saw all of his picks and i was like drake and i like brandon has him as a dart i'm gonna make this point for uh for jake but you're gonna you're gonna one-up me i see yeah. Brandon just made the point. I mean, everything is there. He looks spry. He looks good. Well, the one thing that Brandon didn't say is that they're playing the worst run defense in the mm-hmm. NFL right now in the Cleveland Browns for a run first team. Like it just all adds up to possibly a dream uh, start for uh, for uh, Kenyon Drake, you know, especially if J.K. Dobbins doesn't get anything. So this could be an enormous week for him. And then uh, my dart throw, look, I'm going to go with Foreman this week just because this was a, it's a quick move on a Thursday, you Thursday night, really. You trade CMC, you got a backup quarterback playing here. You're going up against Tampa Bay. The only strategy that you really can have for Carolina is run the ball as much as possible and keep it away from this Bucks um, offense. So, uh, I mean, their offense didn't look good last week. That's the only reason Pittsburgh ended up beating them is because Brady looked terrible for the first half and didn't look much better for the second half. So it had 243 passing yards looking God awful, which is crazy. But um, I think I think Foreman uh, is going to get a massive amount of carries this week in touches. So he would be my dart throw for this week. I was going to ask you if you'd rather start Foreman or Jeff Wilson, but when you're, ta- you're, you're thinking a massive amount of volume you're actually going to go foreman over wilson there yeah i mean neither is probably my answer to be (laughs) honest with you if you have another option i probably want to start somebody else but i think in that scenario probably foreman yeah very very funny you said that because i was just about to just throw in a couple added names uh probably one of my favorite starts of the week is travis Etienne in a way that i just like him more than everybody else you saw him kind of get the up to usage his ecr is at 23 up against the giants this week i think he's more of a top 20 i was also going to throw 
out. If you want to talk about darts, I think Jeff Wilson is a dart mm -hmm. that you can go out because I think the reaction for everybody is going to be to bench Jeff Wilson because McCaffrey's there. I don't necessarily think this is the week you have to do that. But I so, hate unless the fact that options. the goal line stuff, Welsh, that, that's no, I my too. big I, issue with Jeff is, is I, the uh, is the goal line touches because they're already talking about giving those to CMC. I do too, except like, okay, if your decision is, oh my God, Jeffrey Wilson Jr. is now supplanted by McCaffrey, I'm going to now put Khalil Herbert in. I'd rather Jeff Wilson. I think Jeff Wilson is still going to get 15 plus carries in this game. Doesn't mean he's not going to break one deep. I fully acknowledge, I think McCaff I honestly think McCaffrey could have two touchdowns in this game. I'm, I'm <laughs> dumb about it, but I really think anytime they get into a major touchdown usage, McCaffrey is coming in and they are going to make a spectacle of it with him. But I just think he can still be a start or a dart in that I think a lot of people are going to think, well, now he's completely useless. And the only other one I'd throw out, because I know you're kind of anti him, and maybe it's not so much of a dart, but uh, Melvin Gordon. Uh, I think people are very soured on Melvin Gordon after Latavius Murray. They announced him as a starter. That would be another guy who would uh, potentially. Yeah, I know you think he's dead. You could throw him out there. All right, let's move over to wide receiver ranks uh, for week seven. The wide oh. receiver you like more than anyone else and the dart. Okay, so I'm I'm looking. I didn't do my homework because I had Hopkins written down here. So I said <laughs> for a non Thursday night football player, I would I would throw Keenan Allen. I know I'm going to like him more. It, I I haven't checked the update on whether he's going to be playing or not. Um, he's had limited practices like, yesterday. It's a and true I think, fifty fifty right now. I think he's going to go. I'm actually Bogman is very against you and me. Brandon are on the same page on this because I completely agree here. I think he's going to be good to go. He was also running. This is the big thing. Well, he was and close I, last week. And, and he I was know. running full routes, full routes. He right. was running yesterday, which I feel really positive about. Uh, and I'm going to be with you if he's active. Yeah. And so I, I say that, see, Keenan seems like an obvious guy, but like a lot of people are going to be hesitant because he's been out so long to rank him as like maybe a top 15, top 18 wide receiver this week. And that's where I'm higher than everybody because I'm I'm all in. If you watch Justin Herbert last week against Denver, he you know the deep stuff's being taken away. He was desperately in need of Keenan Allen over the middle there, and in the way they were using Austin Eckler as, in a in a surrogate role, kind of just to to get there. But Justin Herbert needs Keenan Allen right now in a big way. I think a lot of the stuff that's making him not look good is the fact that he doesn't have his glue guy out there, and if he's healthy enough to play. That's where you kill Seattle. Seattle's been pretty good on the boundaries with their corner. Tariq Wollin's been a stud, but that's why they give up a ton to the tight end. That's why they're right up there with Arizona. They are soft in the middle in that pass defense, and they always have been as far as I can remember under Pete Carroll. You get the guy that can work the middle, work those seams. Cooper Cup kills Seattle. You know, he kills everybody. But, like, you get the guy that can run good routes in the middle of the field, that's a heyday for Justin Herbert. I completely agree with that. And what was your oh, dart? Yeah, what was my dart? Uh, my dart is Nico Collins. There you go. Um, it, it's Vegas. Uh, look, at, it's a tough week. Uh, in 12-team leagues, there's garbage on the waiver wire at wide receiver. Nico Collins, a guy that gets steady targets, gets you 40 to 50 yards most weeks, three to five catches. I think we can get a tick higher this week against the Raiders. It's going to happen, you know, with his usage. Uh, it's going to happen for him, I, you know. I think he's worth a dice roll here. I think his floor right now is that you're getting 50 yards and four catches in this game. And you can live with that. 
And I think there's there's room for definitely much more in this contest. I also want to give a shout out to the other guy that you threw in. You didn't say, but Wando Robinson. I like yeah. that one. I actually really yeah. like that one. It's a deeper league. And you're talking about all the really big bi-week mess and wide receivers and stuff like that. Wandell is sneaky. Um, a, a sneaky guy I think you can get out there. Bogdan, yeah, you're, he's, a healthy, oh, he's a healthy body. Yeah. And, you know, it's a talented guy. So, I mean, we're starting to see that bubble up last week. There's no reason <laughs> the momentum won't carry over. Sorry, Boggs. Go ahead. Yeah, no, you, you got your, your start and dart. Uh, first of all, I got to give a shout out to Brandon for I didn't think on this show because being the IDP guy that I am, we get a Tariq Woolen shout out. I love that uh, <laughs> big, big, big corner for your Seattle Seahawks. Brandon, he's been outstanding ball yeah. magnet right now. He's been great. Uh, let's go back to Mike Williams. I know it was ugly last week, but he got Patrick Sertain uh, last week. So uh, against the Seattle Seahawks, I think Mike Williams, whether or not Keenan is going to be there, uh, is going to see a high volume. I think you get the overcorrection. Because I think he was open, and they just didn't look his way too many times. I think Herbert just took that side of the field out of his brain. Like, wherever Sertain is going, I'm going the other way. And we just didn't see a lot of stuff from Mike Williams. I think we're going to get back to that uh, this week. And then my dart throw, uh, I'm going to go with Corey Davis. I know he does. He could possibly get Sertain this week. But I think if you're being smart, you know, Eli Moore is not going to play. Corey Davis has been leading this team in uh, snaps already. And I think the better play for the Broncos would be to put Sertain on Wilson because Wilson is your bigger play threat. So I think he will be on the other side, Corey Davis, and be getting more targets uh, than expected this week. So I'm a little bit higher on Corey Davis than most people are. I think I believe his I like ECR that. and fantasy pros was like in the 40s. And I got him as a wide receiver three this week. Uh, a player that's got you making twice, uh, thinking twice, or even a team, or it could be a set of things. It could be a positional thing, it could be a team, a player. Week seven, who has you thinking twice, Brandon? Well, I'll just throw out the Denver backfield really quickly. Like, what are we making of this? I'm not even. I I, I should I should throw them out because I'm not thinking twice about it. I'm not playing anybody in that backfield. I have no idea which direction they're going this week. So I will throw out a guy that I think legitimately is a conundrum, and that's Brian Robinson. Because he's getting a lot of love, but the advanced metrics, this is a case of volume versus crappy advanced metrics versus crappy offensive line versus a team that doesn't run the ball very well. And yeah, he had 60 yards and a touchdown last week, but it's it's sort of a pulling T situation. And Antonio Gibson's actually playing by the metrics better than him. You know, like he's, he, he's 1.2 yards after contact per attempt, which is down in the hundreds at, among running backs. And like, my question is, yeah, he's getting more volume than Antonio Gibson, but is he better than Antonio Gibson really? And I just am not sure he hasn't caught a pass. Like they haven't even targeted him in the passing game in two games. So what kind of upside are we talking about here? Um, so it's a question of, do you, it's, it's a good matchup, but they're not throwing to him, but yeah, he might get 15, 17 carries. But if he doesn't get in the end zone, are you living with 50 yards? I don't I, you know, I, so he's, he's a tough one for me. Yeah, I'm uh, kind I, of buying in. I, I, I like that question too, because it, it's, it's the right question. Is Ryan Robinson any better than Antonio Gibson? Maybe not. Uh, I'm, I'm right there with you. I tell you what though, Green Bay is making mediocre guys look great and gr great guys look like Hall of Famers. Brees torched them. Well, I wonder if, if Antonio Gibson's now their third down back. I mean, he's, he's been catching balls still. Like he's got, like, I think, 
seven catches the last couple of weeks. Yeah, you know what screwed me was uh, I I really immediately got tempted. To, I looked at J.D. McKissick's receiving yard prop for this week, and it's 18 and a half yards, and it seems like a no-brainer. But just Antonio Gibson sitting in the wings, being able to play kind of that role makes the me just better not McKissick feel role. comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah exactly. McKissick, but better. Exactly. Bogman, who's got you thinking uh, twice in week seven? Drake London. I mean, this is a good matchup. I kind of do like it for him this week because I, I think that the Bengals offense clicking last week is going to make the Falcons pass in this game. But just overall, they have shown clearly with their game script, this is not what they want at all. They want to run the ball a thousand times and never let Mariota throw it. So uh, I, I'm questioning Drake London's value uh, for a team that hasn't completed more than 14 passes in a month. So in a game, so um, they just their offense in the game script they do is run, 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 run. And Drake London being the number one target. That's the same thing that's happening with Kyle Pitts. Like, you know, if you spread the ball out and you only complete 15 passes, no one's going to have a good game. And that's what's been happening with Atlanta right now. Uh, finally, we'll do a quick version of it. How tight can you make that end? How low can you go with your tight end, Brandon? Uh, Kate Otten's great is a great, you know, he's he's the man with Cam Braid out. I've been talking about this since the beginning of the week when I saw the Cam Braid injury and assumed that he was going to be out. But like, you know, we we know where where Tom Brady's at in terms of his, you know, affinity for the tight end position. And I I know Kate Otten from his University of Washington days. The guy's very athletic. And kind of feels like a guy that Tom Brady that would endear himself to Tom Brady. So I we've already seen him kind of have some nice moments, I think, in a full-time role against Carolina. He's a good play. And then Foster Moreau with Darren Waller out. It's actually a pretty good week for streaming tight ends. I think Foster Moreau against the Texans is a good way to go. I'll even say Greg Dulcich, although I have a little bit of he- you know hesitancy just in general with Russell Wilson at Denver offense. <laughs> but watching Dulcich at UCLA as a Pac-12 guy and then Seeing him just in the couple passes he caught last week, I, I just know that guy's good. And if they want to, you know, lean into him a little bit more, uh, I think he could do nice things in fantasy. You uh, definitely made that in tight, Bogman. Uh, quickly, uh, your uh, your your lowest tight end. Give me Daniel Bellinger. Uh, they're drawing up plays for him at the goal line. He ran one in two weeks ago. He caught one last week. The receiver situation is bad uh, in New York, so he was the leading receiver with forty yards. Last week, I mean, Danny Dimes are doing a lot of running in New York, right? Very similar to the Atlanta offense. But because of those goal line looks, I like Dan Bellinger. So let's roll with him. I I think he was my guy last week. Yeah, I like that one a lot. Yeah, Dan Bellinger and Matt Ryan have been mainstays on this of like we like more than anybody (laughs) else. If you like IDP coverage, if you like college football, whether it's college football fantasy coverage or betting, and you just like overall football stuff, make sure you follow Bogman on Twitter at Bogman Sports. He co-hosts, uh, we've been working together since 2014, been best friends since uh, 1995 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but you can find all of his work. Just follow him on Twitter at Bogman Sports or in this league.com on the Patreon. Can get you to all the places you need to find his, his stuff. Brandon Funson on Twitter at Brandon Funson. You can find me on Twitter at Is It The Welsh. And that is it for the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast Week 7 Breakdown for this week. Good luck, everybody. And we will be back again with Jake on Monday right here on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Have a great one. We'll talk to you then. Bye-bye.